How deep is your love? Can you remember that? When he sang to us so wonderfully that morning. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing on not just love, but deeper love. Jacob and Kev led us so well this morning, um, and, and I had spoken to them a little bit about what we were talking about, but the songs they'd chosen just fit in with how God loves us and about deeper love. But before we get into it, before I talk to you about the scripture that I feel God has laid on my heart this morning for us to discuss it, I just want to read you a story. Now, is that okay? What I want you to do is all smile at me very nicely. I have said to a few people, it's me speaking this morning. So will you smile at me nicely? Keep engaged, you know, keep looking like you're not nodding off, which would be great. And what I'd like you to do right now is nudge the person next to you and say, this is going to be good. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to start with a story. Now, this is a little bit of a sad story, but it does get better, and there is some good news at the end. Is that okay? There was once a young woman who grew up in a Christian family. She was looking for love. But she was looking for love in all the wrong places, getting in with the wrong crowd at school to be part of the in-crowd She had been brought up by loving parents who cared for her, loved her unconditionally, and were always there for her. These wonderful parents had brought her up to go to church, to read the Bible, to pray. This young woman had everything going for her, yet she was looking for love because something was missing in her life. So many young women do that at that vulnerable age. Look for love in the wrong places. She met a guy who didn't have any of those same principles. He hadn't been brought up in church. He didn't know what God's love was all about. But the young woman fell head over heels for this man. She thought it was true love. And at first, it was. Feeling very grown up, feeling loved, she eventually married this man. Are you with me? Unfortunately, this young woman drifted away from the life her parents had taught her. No longer went to church, no longer prayed, no longer lived her life as a Christian. But something that her mum and dad had instilled into her never left her. She still endeavoured to live a good life, to treat people well, to love the man she was married to, to be devoted only to him. After all, wasn't that was life? Wasn't that what life was all about? Finding the man of your dreams and living happily ever after. Within months, perhaps even weeks of being married, the bubble started to burst. To be honest, the signs were there even before the wedding. The husband started staying out late, night after night. The times out with supposedly male friends became more and more frequent. And soon all the signs were there that something was majorly wrong in this marriage. The fairy tale that this woman had been looking for was turning into a nightmare. The husband became violent. The young woman on numerous occasions would hide away for fear of being hurt. She would lock herself in the bathroom because she didn't want another black eye. 
until the day came when the woman finally found out about the numerous other women in this man's life and thought enough is enough. A broken woman, now lacking confidence and passion for life, she left. This woman, now 24, still young, wondered what was wrong with her. Would she ever love again? Would she ever trust again? The bubble had burst, the fairy tale was over, and all this woman had wanted to find was true love. I can remember this woman saying, I will never love again. The reason I can remember it is because that was me. Many of you will know my story, but for those of you that don't, and to be very, very clear, I am not talking about Chris. (laughs) This is a previous life. This is a previous Julie Turner. What I can tell you this morning that many of us look on on at other people's situations and think, they've got it sewn up. They don't know the pain that I'm in. They don't know. But actually, some of you don't know the stories of many of people in this church who have come out of those horrible, horrible situations and gone on and proven the great, tremendous love of God. This morning, I don't want to decry how any of you feel here this morning. I don't want any of you to feel that, Julie, you don't understand because we all have our stories to tell. I'm sure that many of you could get up this morning and and, and tell us about pain, hurt, people have hurt you, people who have let you down, people who have made you feel that you are worthless. But what I want to talk to us about this morning is I want to know what true love is, how we find true love. The ending to that very sad story was that my sister sent me a letter and what she put in this letter was not what I wanted to hear at that time. She cared for me. She loved me. She wanted to speak the truth in love. But for many years, I was not on receive. I didn't want to know. I was doing my own thing and I didn't care about church or God or anything. My sister sent me a letter and what she put in this letter is, Julie, I honestly believe that the only way you're going to find true love is by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. The only way you're going to find the man that you are looking for is by putting God first in your life. I actually ripped that letter up and threw it in the bin. I was so angry with her. I'm hurting. How can she send me stuff like that in the middle of my pain? Doesn't she know what I've gone through? Why can't she just be sad for me and be with me? But actually what she wanted to do was tell me the answer to what I was looking for. Four. This morning, our scripture, and actually Christian, um, when he phoned me this week and said, Julie, I'm not going to make it back. We, we've, we've got a, a, later, um, a later travel and it's not going to work out. Will you speak? This is the, the scripture reference that Christian gave me. And it's a wonderful scripture reference from John 15 and verses 9 to 17 in the message. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my father's commands and made myself at home 
in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm not calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me, remember, I chose you. And put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. As I get older, I realize more and more and more the love of God for us so much that actually the Bible talks so much about God wanting us to live an abundant life. He wanting us to live full of hope and joy and love and peace. So why do so many Christians not feel like that? Why do we often focus as I did when, a, when I was a younger girl, my sort of experience of church, some of it was, well, you can't go to the cinema, you can't wear a lot of makeup, you can't listen to, you know, the top 20 music on a Sunday, you've got, to, those flipping arts were terrible, weren't they? You know, you had to wear those, I can remember having an handkerchief on my head at one time, you know, we had all these horrible things, and my life was so full of the don'ts of church. And actually what God wants us to focus on, the do's. God wants us to focus on having a life that is full of joy and abundant life. Don't we all want a life like that? In this scripture, it talks about that my joy might be your joy. If I said to you this morning, raise your hand, and I won't do it, but if I did, raise your hand if you want the joy of Christ in your life. Everyone, I am sure, would raise their hand this morning. And what does Jesus say is the answer to that mature joy? It's loving as the Father has loved us and by loving one another. So let's unpack it a little bit. Just got a few points to bring out of John 15. Firstly, and I want you to repeat after me if that's okay, just to make sure you're still there. Point number one, it's not about me. It's not about Number one, it's not about me. John 15, it says, if you keep my father's commands, you will be at home in my love. If you keep my father's commands. You know, so often I have lived my life getting up with my list before God. I've got up in the morning and just been so consumed with what is happening in my world and my life. And yet the Bible teaches us in this scripture that for us to have that mature joy, we need to be every day about the Father's commands. Now, I don't know about you, but I can get up in the morning, you know, I I can feel confident. I can feel like, okay, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have a good time with God. And then it can get to 11 o'clock, even 10 o'clock sometimes, and it can all go... 
You know, you kick the cat, you scrape the car on the way out of the drive. Somebody says something to you at work that gets you back up and you really don't feel full of love and full of joy and full of the... Is that anybody else or is that just me this morning? So, so what do we do on those days like that where we do want to, God, we do want to get it right. We do want to live full of your love. We do want to feel, live full of the peace and the joy. How do we do that? You know, all we've got to do is just keep bringing ourselves back to that center, bringing ourselves back to God. So on those days when I can feel myself losing it, I did say to Anne and Christine last week, I was here on Sunday morning and we'd arranged all these videos to happen ready for Father's Day. Father's Day, by the way, is going to be tremendous. We have got so much lined up. The kids were doing a video downstairs in, in kids' church and um, there's, some, there's some surprises. I have seen the video. It's hilarious. It's absolutely brilliant. Also, Dave had got some people lined up that he was videoing after church and about half an hour before the meeting, we couldn't find the mic <laughs> to record all of this. I just lost it. I, I, I've sent all these emails. How can they lose it? How have they lost it? And I, we've done all of this and, 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 and we've spent all this money and this is the first time we're doing it. And I just absolutely, I had to go to Anne and Christine and said, can you help me? I just absolutely need some help. I don't know what to do. I'd had the wonderful Chris Stockdale come and say to me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready this morning. I've, I've practiced everything you need to say. And all I'm thinking is, it might not be happening. <laughs> this video might not be happening because I ain't got a clue where the... I just lost it. And I had to go. I went into the toilet and I had a word with myself. I did. I just went and I thought, Julie, just calm down. Just calm down. Within 10 minutes... Christine had found this video. Thank you, Christine. But for the two things, I needed to go to somebody else and say, can you help me with this? I just just didn't know what to do. You know, trying to sort lots of different things. First of all, I went to my friends. My buddies here sat on this front row who have always got my back. I went, can you help me? They helped me. And secondly, I went to God and I said, God, just help me to calm down with this this morning because I could, and five minutes later, I'm due to get up and lead worship. And and I was not feeling very gracious at that point. I was mad that we'd lodged stuff. You know where I'm coming from here, guys. We are human. I am not perfect. But in those moments when we do lose it, you know, when you feel like that, it zaps the energy and the joy out of you. If you focus on stuff like that, you will feel so run down, so lacking of life, so lacking of energy. Are you ever in those situations where, you know, things are going sort of a bit downhill and somebody else just comes in and and says a, a positive word that just changes the mood? I said to Kev on, on Friday night, Kev, you know, it's just, you guys on Sunday morning, do you want me to get up and sing with you? And, 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 and Kev said to me, Julie, I've got it covered. We're going to have a great morning. And I was there thinking, are we going to be okay? You know, there's, there's normally eight of us and now there's one with, with Kev. Uh, and Kev just gave me that confidence. And that's what we need. We just need to be confident and encourage and inspire each other. And in those few minutes of that discussion with Kev, it just changed my concern that we wanted to make sure everything was okay this morning. It's not about me. Well, Julie, have you seen my family? Have you seen how my husband speaks to me? Have you seen the mess that my kids are in? Have you seen the job that I've got? Have you seen how horrible my boss is? 
But you know, we are supposed to be salt and light. We are supposed to be different. We are supposed to live with a higher calling. Several weeks ago, we had that wonderful scripture from Esther. You were called for such a time as this. If we get up every day with that sense of purpose in our life, God is with me. God is for me. I am called to something higher. Whatever you were doing, if you live it with that thought, I am called to this. You are not in that school by accident. You are not working in that care home by accident. You are not serving in that coffee shop by accident. This is what you were called to at this time. And God says, come on, start seeing that what you were called to, you need to be passionate about. Because this is how you will enjoy your life when you live with a sense of purpose. Psalm 121, great scripture. I, I, I don't know about you, I love Twitter and I love Instagram. And I love it when I've put something out there and all my buddies and friends start commenting on it. You know, or start clicking those little like things. Jacob, I mean, he's just awesome. He's just, he's like Instagram champion. You know, I can guarantee I'll put something on Instagram and within five minutes, it's either Beth, Simon or Jacob that like it. It's absolutely, and I love it. I like, oh, my buddies, you know, we're together in this. I posted something a few weeks ago that I'd been reading that really spoke to me from Psalm 121. It says, look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble or fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never tires or never sleeps. The Lord himself, get that. Just think about that for one second. The Lord himself is watching over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Guys, it's not about me. Every day, if I get up with that thought, God himself... Do you get that? God himself is watching over Hannah, over Bex, over Sarah, over Alan. God himself is watching over you today. He doesn't send an assistant. He doesn't send somebody else to do it. God does it. He won't let anything harm you, any evil come to you. So if things do happen in a day, you do get stuck in that traffic jam and we know you guys aren't very good when those people overtake. Chris and I have this debate all the time. You will not believe this. When I drive along, I don't notice if people sort of overtake me and then slow down and then speed up and I overtake them and they slow down. Chris always noticed. We were driving along yesterday. He overtook this woman and then apparently... Apparently, and Chris will say, apparently then she speeds up and overtakes him and comes in front. And I'm like, sweetheart, why do you focus on this stuff? I never even notice it. As a, now us women are probably a little bit oblivious. You know, we just drive on in our own little world. And this woman, you know, she's just one of those stay in lane number two. I'm not going to move from lane. So if, if lane number two's flowing, eh, she's flowing. If lane number two, there's lorries and thingies, she's going 50 mile an hour. She's moved, she's staying there. I don't even notice that stuff. 
But whatever happens in your day, if things happen to you, we have to come to a point of thinking, God, I'm here for a reason. What either A, what do I need to learn about this situation? Or B, what can I do to grow in this situation? Live with a sense of God's love and purpose on our life. Number two. Okay, let's say, let's say, oh, I don't know if you can say this. I think this is a bit longer. Okay, perhaps you can. Love one another the way I have loved you. Very good. Love one another the way I have loved you. Can I just let you into a secret? Something I have learned over the years. The problem is why I don't feel loved sometimes is because I don't give love. The Bible teaches us that what we sow, we reap. And so often we, going back to it's not about me, we can live with that mindset, well, what are they doing for me? Nobody, el- nobody ever invites me out for a coffee. Nobody ever tells me how lovely I look. But I have determined, and this is something, you know, if I need a compliment, I'm going to go and give somebody else a compliment. If I need somebody to invite me for a coffee, I'm going to go and invite somebody else for a coffee. Because as you start doing these things, as you sow, so shall you reap. We often think, what about somebody loving me? And actually, we need to start loving other people. So the Bible talks about us um, living and doing the commands as Jesus did the Father's commands. So here's just a few things that I've learned from my little life over the last few years or the last period of time that have helped me to love and just want to share with you. What would Jesus do in this scenario of a relationship, of a family, of a home? He would focus on the good. Now, on Friday night, I had a privilege of speaking to the young people as well. It's been a busy few days and I've absolutely loved it. Um, Focus on the good. I actually said this to Chris, uh, said this during the preach. When we got home, I pointed out something that Chris was doing wrong. I think he'd left some mess somewhere. And he went, sweetheart, you need to focus on the good. (laughs) So so I am... uh, I am conscious that some of this may come back to bite me later today. (laughs) Focus on the good. Now, here's what I said to the young people, and it's very true. When Chris and I first got married, I would sometimes not focus on the good. And I don't always get it right now, as you heard on Friday night. But what happens is we focus on each other's little niggly things that they do wrong. Isn't that true, ladies? I'm not. So... Why do you leave that mess? Why do you not do this? Why are you always saying that? Why do, and we focus on the wrong things. And actually, it was Joyce Meyer, I have to be honest, listening to some of her, 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 her teaching that taught me this. Focus on what Chris is good at. He tells me every day he loves me. When I get to work, I can guarantee, and I switch my computer on, that little IM box pops up in the morning and it says, Good morning, beautiful. How are you today? And they're the things that mean so much more. Why do we focus on the negative things about people? If you've got some some niggly things that wind you up, stop focusing on it. Focus on the good things. Believe the best. If you hear something, and we can do this, we can hear things about people, and we can instantly think the worst, can't we? 
Is that true? Am I the only person? We need to start believing the best. And if you are concerned about something you've heard, just go and have a quiet word with that person. Well, I heard they said this and I did. Well, do you know what context they said it in? Do you know why they said that? Do you know what's happened? Go and talk to them. Just find out for them. We get so easily offended about things we shouldn't do. We need to believe the best. Love always, even when they mess up. Going back to my story a little while ago, my mum and dad, the day that I left my first husband, took me back into their house with open arms. They loved me. My mum and dad never said, we told you so, and actually my dad did tell me so, when years and years before he did advise me not to marry this man. My mum and dad never said, I told you so. They never condemned me. They never, all they did was open their arms and love me. If we've got children away from God, if we've got family members or people we love away from God, don't ever, ever, ever make them feel condemned. Just love them. Believe the best. Believe that one day they will see. I was away from God for seven years. My mum and dad never gave up hope that one day I would come back to God. If you have loved ones away, keep believing the best. What do we do about situations where it actually seems that it's, it's, not, um, uh, it's not mendable. Situations in family life, marriages that have gone hideously wrong as my first marriage did. Sometimes we just have to let it go. We have got to determine in our hearts not to hold on to bitterness, to anger. We said earlier, that zaps the life out of you when you hold on to stuff like that. But God wants us to just believe the best for the people we're with at that time. And for those that there's just no way that it's going to be repaired. They don't want to know. They're just not going to go there. You've just got to move on. Shake it off. Do your best to keep right. Keep walking forward with the people that you can. Keep trusting. Speak only good. This is another big thing. Our words are so powerful, guys. Our words are so powerful. I don't think we realize how often our, our words can damage or bring life or bring harm. So what I want to do is give us a challenge this week to speak words of life. Just for one, one week, if you can't manage it for one week, one day. Monday morning, I want you to remember this challenge today. And we, we all mess up, you know, please don't feel condemned if you, you've kicked the cat and said you're flipping stupid cat by 11 o'clock or anything like that. You know, we all have times when it goes hideously wrong, but determined to speak words of life. So things like, oh, she'll never change. Oh, there'll, there'll always be a nightmare. Oh, my kids, the room's always a mess, it'll always... The, things like that just don't help a situation. Believe the best. Now... You know, I lived with Josh for, had the honor and privilege of being, of, of living with Josh for 22 years. And he's still as messy now as he was when he was two. You know, I mean, if it wasn't for me or Helen, I think, you know, there'd be clothes everywhere. But there's no point me keep focusing on that. There's so many other good things that I love him for. But we've got to just watch. I'm not saying you never discipline. You never speak. You never say. But we've got to watch that we don't focus on that. Speak only good. And finally, um, with loving one another, speak the truth in love. 
Um, we, we were with a couple of guys last night who actually um, are running a, a college. Uh, he's the head of school in Norwich for um, disadvantaged children with behavioral issues. A very good friend of ours, Robbie. And um, he was saying that actually these children who've got behavioral issues, and, and they see some really very sad examples, most of the time they are like they are because of learned behavior. So these kids shout and abuse the teachers because that is all they have known in their lives. They've been shouted at, they've been abused, and so they just pass on that behavior. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we shouting at each other? Never belittle each other in front of others. We made a thing with our children that if they were naughty, um, if they were wrong, we would take them into a room we would never shout at them in front of everybody else. It just makes me sad when, when we treat each other with such little respect and honor that even our children, we need to make sure that if we need to discipline them, take them into a room to have a word. Don't degrade them. Don't, don't pull them down in front of everybody else. But speak the truth in love. That even matters in our homes. And finally, sacrificial love. Sacrifice. Okay. Sorry, my fault. Number three, finally, sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. John 15, it tells us, put your life on the line for your friends. Put your life on the line for your friends. You know, the best sacrifice that we will ever see is what Jesus did for us. This is true love. That a man would lay down his life for his friends. The Bible tells us that in living as Jesus lived, we would have mature joy, joy unspeakable and overflowing, full of glory. I want joy like that. But there's got to be a cost. There's got to be that sacrificial love. You know, I have to be honest, sometimes on a Sunday morning, I get up to lead worship and I don't feel full of joy. But I determine at that point that God, when I look back at my life, when I was in my 20s, what God has saved me from, the mess I was in, I was living my life for Julie Turner. I was living my life just for me and my home and my little husband. And that was it. And I was just living for me. And I was so miserable. And yet God has given me everything. He's given me so much happiness, so much joy. Does Chris let me down sometimes? Yes. Do I let Chris down sometimes? Sometimes, yes. Do we all let each other down? Yes. Jesus, God, never, ever lets us down. Never. God is there every day. That sacrificial love that says, even though you're going through that horrible situation, trust me, because I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to let you slip. I'm not going to let that thing destroy you because I have plans to bless you, to prosper you. I died to give you life. I heard this saying, and I, I will conclude with this, a little while ago, which I thought was absolute, it just stopped me in my tracks. This saying was, God, Jesus, is not in love with some future version of you. Let me say that again. God didn't die, didn't send his son to die for a future version of you. 
God didn't die for me because he can see me now preaching on this stage. He, he died for me because he saw me as Julie Turner when I was back in my 20s and felt like giving up on life and actually wanted to die because I thought my life is, is over. That's the God that loves you this morning. He's not waiting for you to be amazing. He's waiting, he's waiting this morning with open arms saying, I love you just as you are. I died for you just as you are this morning. And all I ask is that you trust me every day. That every day you look out for each other. That every day you say, God, I'm going to try my best for you. And if you mess up, brush it off. Get in the bathroom like I did last week and say, God, oh, I lost it this morning. I'm sorry. Let's start again. Come on, God. We can do it together. And God will be with you. Sacrificial love. We, we heard from Christine. We need help in this church. We've got so many people out there who don't know Jesus. We've got so many people who are, who are needing food, who are needing help, who were Julie Turner, who have woken up this morning and are probably, you know, just the marriage is splitting up. The families are ripped apart. They've got financial difficulty, people who need help. And I can guarantee if we will live sacrificially to give our lives to a bigger cause than just Julie Turner and what my life is, that you will reap a reward because as we give, as we sow, God just pours so much back because you feel so much love and joy in your life by serving God. Sacrificial love. Food bank needs help. Serving teams, tea, coffee, welcoming. Youth need help. Parents and tots, media. We need so many people just to jump on board. Whatever your talent is, whatever your ability is, sow it into something bigger than your life and you will reap a reward. I guarantee it. And the reason I guarantee it is because I've done it and it works. Julie Turner, that was, you know, I'm now 48, all those years ago, I have proved God's love. I've proved God's faithfulness. I am not standing here this morning spouting off about stuff that I don't know anything about. God has been faithful to me. And every time, every time that I have felt so far away from God, it's because I have pulled myself away from God. God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He loves you. He loves you just as you are this morning. He's not waiting for a future version of you. So in conclusion, live every day with a sense of doing God's will. Live realizing it's not about me. Love one another the way God has loved you and me. Focusing on the good, believing the best. Remember the challenge on Monday morning to speak words of life. And finally, to sacrificially lay our lives down. Guys, I want to know what love is. In my experience, that is it. It's as simple as that. We complicate it. Living every day for God. Shall we bow our heads in prayer?